one of the lessons I learned, you know, in my first year running the business was that my actions extended beyond myself. And when you have people working for you, you, you really need to put yourself in the other person's shoes and, and be as empathetic as possible because again, things that you do are, are going to affect their life are going to affect their earnings, them savings for school. So I think that was one of the mistakes I made early in the year was, you know, just focusing on myself, focusing on my own success. I had the customers front and center in terms, in terms of their needs as well. But I feel like sometimes I, I did let my painters down. And a lot of that came down to not setting expectations properly because in my second and third year, um, I was able to apply some of those lessons and have much better relationships with the people I was working with. But yeah, that, that was a mistake and, and something that uh, I tried to correct for in subsequent years. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Super excited to be bringing you a uh, recent graduate from uh, our, our, the Student Works program to, to the podcast today. Uh, he has been with Salesforce for the last five years, progressing rapidly uh, through, through their organization in, in a sales, sales capacity. Just recently was uh, won a, a trip to Hawaii as, as one of their top performers, top five, 10% performers. Uh, he is uh, in the growth business account executive uh, in the healthcare space really excelling. He's just got a whole lot to share about what it's like early on in a career. What sort of choices do I need to make? Um, you know, what, what type of a career is the right fit for me? Um, how do I uh, get the right answers when I need? How do I ask for mentoring, ask for guidance? I think you'll find this really, really helpful you know, from the perspective of, of a young leader just getting started on your career. So thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review if you, uh, if you love our podcast. And, uh, and if you know any amazing young leaders, please, please send them to us uh, and share our podcast and our work. So super excited. Uh, thank you so much, Jeff, for uh, coming, coming and joining us on the, uh, the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. And, uh, and, and welcome. Thank you. So, uh, so, so, tell us uh, what were you like before our program, before joining Student Works? Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I would say that I, I was ambitious. You know, I was a hard worker, and overall, I knew where I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to get there. So, throughout uh, high school and even in elementary school, uh, you know, I took shots at running my own business. I did the gutter cleaning. I did the lawn mowing. Um, when I got into high school, I had a lot of dish jobs. I was a, I was a dish boy in the village at Blue Mountain. Uh, I was a pizza chef at the fire hall. Uh, worked at a golf course. Um, I was a ski coach. And a lot of those jobs overlapped as well. Uh, but the biggest uh, takeaway for me from a lot of those jobs was I was only as valuable as the amount of hours I had in a day. So my income uh, and my input were really limited by that. 
Um, and that was, you know, one of the things that attracted me to student works was the opportunity to expand and leverage my time um, to, to do better for myself. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's a real common theme for our, for our leaders, you know, the whole idea of a, of a results economy, you know, earning what I'm worth and not being limited, you know, is something, um, uh, you know, when you're coming into getting a job and sort of seeing, oh, wow, I'm, I'm pretty limited here. Right. And, and, and our opportunity offers so much more. Uh, what was your biggest frustration as a teenager before you got started in running a business? So I would say it would, my biggest frustration would come back to the, that time limiting my earnings um, mm-hmm. and not really feeling like a valued part of whatever organization I was working in. So, you know, when you're working in the back of the kitchen, you might have some ideas for how you think you can improve things or, you know, you want to contribute on a higher level, but uh, you're often kind of put in your place uh, right. as a, a junior contributor. Um, so as much as I enjoyed school and, you know, I, I loved that learning environment, um, being an entrepreneur, earning a living and um, getting started on work as early as, as possible uh, was really important to me. And um, I would meet people that I was working with, you know, at the restaurants, at the golf course that were two or three times my age, and they were in a pretty similar position to I was at the time. And I, I pretty quickly learned if I wanted to get off that path, um, there would have to be an inflection point sooner or later. And, and I started to look a lot more aggressively when I got to university. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. So, so knowing what you wanted, you wanted more for your life and, uh, and, and you found student work. So, so um, you know, I, I know actually one of the, one of the things actually, uh, uh, you, you took a really challenging course. Uh, you, you, you were at Ivy, one of the, you know, more challenging academic uh, course loads um, in you know, certainly Canadian business schools, et cetera, one of the top schools, if not the top school, and very challenging. And you ran businesses very successfully around that. How do you think you manage that? What, what might you have to say to sort of, um, uh, you know, students about that who are, who are considering, considering the program? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I would say that the time management skills that you get from running your own business with student works. Um, as much as they're hugely valuable and being an entrepreneur, they really move across your entire life. So it was in my personal relationships. It was in school. It was um, really just how I managed my day to end to end. Like uh, you get used to, to waking up every morning at 637 and all your friends are sleeping until 11 a.m. You know, you've got 30 or 40% more of your day. That you're going to be effective. So you can use that time to study. You can use that time to market your business. Uh, you can use it for self-improvement, um, but really putting a value on the hours that you have in the day and, and applying them effectively um, is not going to is going to make sure that running a business with student works isn't going to be an impediment to whatever kind of career uh, you're pursuing through your schoolwork. Yeah, yeah, no, and I remember I remember Jeff. Uh, you know, Jeff and I I actually had the opportunity I, just because Jeff worked where I. I live uh, full time. So I had the opportunity to work directly with Jeff for uh, the years in the business. So I remember as well, Jeff used to drive back from Western, which was a three hour drive. And he would download, uh, you know, client manual presentations, you know, top performers presenting the client manual or he'd download books, mm-hmm. he'd download audio. And now it's really quite common. But back back then it was it was a lot less common. And yeah. again, just using those those drives as as an opportunity to learn as an opportunity for self-development. And, and just again, that's something that we find our our uh, 
you know, keenest, keenest performers are just, all right, this is great. Not like, oh, gee, I have to do this. No, I want to do this. I'm excited to do this, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that, that was a piece of advice I got from you. I can remember oh, okay. I was a couple of weeks in and I said, you know, Chris, I, it's great that I'm marketing my business, but I'm spending, you know, five hours in the car. How can I use this time effectively while, of course, being safe on the road? And right. those days, podcasts were in their, their early days, but I remember I would go to the library and I would get uh, audiobooks on CD and I yeah. would just, you know, crush a book every weekend uh, on the drive back and forth up to territory. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome, and 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 I guess one of our former alum actually ran a book a business called Talking Book World, where where there's a period of time, you know, uh, right across North America, they had all sorts of uh, like bookstores, but they were uh, audio books for that type of a problem. Again, pre podcast, pre internet, the 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 way things are are able to sort of just be downloaded on people's phones, you know, just uh, uh and and taking advantage of that lost time, you know, which is so valuable. So, um, you know, tell me about your, your career progress. You know, you, you graduated from Ivy, you graduated from our program as a top performer in both of those. You know, what did you decide to do next, Jeff? Sure. Um, well, you know, I'd start off by saying I still feel like I'm, I'm pretty early in my career. I've only been out of school about six years now. Right. Um, but what I thought I wanted to do when I came out of school uh, was real estate development. It's something I'd been passionate about for a long time. And I had a lot of friends through student works, a lot of alumni um, and family friends that were involved in, in property management and, and different kinds of development projects. And I felt like a, a great way to get exposure to that industry uh, was to go into commercial real estate. So I had some family friends in that business that uh, uh, allowed for that opportunity to get in. And I had an amazing mentor uh, that I worked with at a company called Cushman and Wakefield. Um, I spent uh, close to a year there, and one of the reasons that I decided to leave, um, you know, similar to my prior jobs, I looked at some of the people I was working with um, and the years it had taken them to get to where they were, and I started to get impatient. Um, the messaging I often got from people was, you know, if you want to get into this area, you know, it's going to take five to six years. If you want to uh, work with these kind of clients, you know, you're going to have to invest so many years in building a relationship before you'll even get an at that. Right. And seeing some of my other friends from Student Works uh, excel really quickly after they left the program, um, I was looking for another opportunity and I found that at uh, Salesforce here in Toronto. Yeah. So that's so that's interesting. So that's sort of a because um, uh, I'd never reconnected with you about what what caused you to sort of jump from Cushman, because in my mind, there was no doubt you were going to be successful. And so obviously that wasn't the concern. The concern was you just needed to be really patient and, and, and not surprisingly, just because, uh, again, the types of deals that really matter in the commercial real estate is you're dealing with, you know, owners of businesses or senior executives in large businesses. And it takes a while uh, just to sort of gain the experience, maybe, I guess, is what it is in that space. It's a very, it's a small group of people who really largely control the commercial real estate too, in any one given center too, a lot of times, it seems to me at least. Yes, it's very much based on personal relationships. There's deep loyalty, um, mm -hmm. I think, between practitioners and their customers. So right. um, it was almost like you were you were waiting for people to retire before right. you get a shot uh, at business. I would even call family friends that you know had properties they were thinking about selling. I'd, I'd give them my pitch. I'd put together you know a PowerPoint and use yeah. all the skills I had from StudentWorks and and from Ivy from business. And I'd say, you know what, Jeff, that's great. But, you know, I, I've been working with with Jim over here for 30 years. We go to lunch every weekend. 
he gets all my business. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was never going to break through that. <laughs> yeah. Until Jim retired. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So, well, that's great. I, I know you went and joined, uh, joined Salesforce and, and have really done extremely well over the last five years. Why don't, why don't you tell us about, about that experience and, 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 and what you can, because I, obviously I know they're a publicly traded company, just an amazing organization. Uh, but, but why don't you share us about your personal experience so far, Jeff? Sure, sure. Um, so, I mean, I, I got into Salesforce through uh, a friend uh, who um, uh, was at Ivy I was going to school with, um, and she had you know taken a job at Salesforce and was really enjoying it. Um, I actually found out about the opportunity as well through going to a volunteer event uh, with alumni from the university. So I always encourage you to keep up those networks because uh, yes. you never know what you're going to find. Um, but one of the things that attracted me to the company was uh, I'd have the opportunity to work with young, ambitious, hardworking people. Um, the messaging was, you know, this is a place where you can, you know, earn a good income and there's tremendous learning opportunity. And that was one of the lessons I took away from student works is, uh, you know, it's hard to learn and earn at the same time. If you're doing one or the other, that's a positive. If you're not doing either, you got to make a change. So, um, so that's, that's how I was attracted to Salesforce. Um, I would say it was, um, a little bit of a humbling experience, uh, to go back to being an individual contributor. So I went from, you know, working dish pets and, uh, and, um, uh, working at golf courses to running my own business at student works, I close to 200,000 a year. Uh, in business and, and had nine or 10 people working for me at a time to going to being a frontline sales rep. So um, again, it, it's humbling to come into an organization like that, but it allowed me to uh, take lots of opportunities to learn and to grow and, and to network with other people at the company. And um, if you apply yourself, if you're doing the right things, you're going to move up quickly. And in the last five years, I've had several different roles at Salesforce. I started uh, as a frontline sales rep. So, you know, you call the 1-800 number. I'm the guy on the other end of the line. Um, I also worked on their chat team. So that's like the, um, the web chat when you go on the website. And I was the person on the other end of that. I moved into a business development role, uh, which was a grind. I was calling into uh, companies in upstate New York that uh, didn't have any kind of Salesforce footprint um, and telling them about our products and our services. Um, and then after that, I moved into our healthcare life sciences business. So Salesforce has a, a couple different verticals that we specialize in. And, and one of them is healthcare life sciences. Uh, you can imagine within specific industries like retail, like finance, customers have very specific needs, uh, very specific things that are of concern to them. So that's why we've got this industry vertical. Um, I got an opportunity to be an account executive there uh, about two and a half years ago. And I've moved through... Uh, working with small businesses uh, to now working with, uh, we call it our, our growth business segment. So uh, from about 100 uh, to 200 employees and also focusing on businesses in the United States. Awesome. Awesome. And so, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that you mentioned uh, that that's, I think really, really important for our young leaders. And I know you're a young leader as well. And thanks for pointing that out, Jeff. Um, is, is, is just how important patience is, right? Like just kind of going, you know, even like it's like you've had four promotions in five years. <laughs> so, so, but, but it, it just seems, it's going to seem slow. I know we were talking mm -hmm. to an alumni earlier 
Um, I don't know when it'll appear, but he said, gee, when I graduated from Student Works, I thought, well, I take my four month income times it by three, and then that's kind of the target. No, you know, that's that's going to be really, really tough to do. And, and certainly for you as well, I'm sure, uh, just just because how successful you were running your own business. Um, so how have you looked at that patience and being able to have sort of patience in your role as, as you were progressing so far, Jeff? Um, I mean, it's always helpful to look at your peer group. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's important to not necessarily only compare yourself to others, but it gives you a sense for what's a reasonable expectation and what's an unreasonable expectation or maybe when you're lagging behind the herd. So um, I would look to some of the people that I started with at the company and see, you know, when are they making their moves? Where are they moving within the organization or moving outside of the organization? Um, And how do I compare to them on that timeline? So you don't necessarily have to be the first person to move, but you don't want to be the last. And um, that gave me a sense for when it, when it was the right time to, to push forward and, and maybe when I might be a little bit overeager uh, to request something like a promotion so early in my career. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. And, and so what about, what about mentorship? Uh, you know, Jeff, did, did, is there any formal mentorship or, or, or did you need to seek the mentorship or how, how did you, how did you see that at Salesforce and just getting an understanding for the company and the, and the way they operate? I think it varies from business segment to business segment. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started at the organization, I did have a mentor that I worked with uh, exclusively for the first six months. So somebody, you know, get you up to speed on, uh, the nitty gritty of the business, so all, right. all the different, you know, even like industry terms, you know, how you appropriately uh, conduct yourself within the company, how right. the, how to speak to superiors. I, I was used to just going right up to the top of the chain. So <laughs> working within a large organization, there's uh, certain rules and procedures that you have to follow. So having that mentor was really helpful, but it was more of a, a technical mentorship. Right. Um, Strategic mentorship, um, you know, kind of like the relationship that I had with you, you had to ask for it. And, right. and that's what I did at Student Works too. I remember when I was first signing up for the organization, they said, you know, this isn't a great territory, it's pretty far away. And I said, you know what, I'll take it, but I want to work directly with the president of the company. And that that was my ask. And, you know, I, I think we were probably on the phone every every day or two. Uh, Absolutely. I tried to extract as much value as I could <laughs> out of that relationship. Um, and it's the same thing at Salesforce. You know, I, I have individuals that I look up to, people that have uh, really made a name for themselves. And I, I try to be respectful of their time. Uh, but I also um, will reach out to them if, you know, I have a concern, if, um, you know, I'm, I'm at a pivot point in my career and I want to, I want to get their perspective on it. Um, right. but, but you have to ask, you're never going to get for something that you don't, you're never going to get something that you don't ask for. And uh, I think that's the same in, in any area of life. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's so, so true. And, and also um, it's surprising how willing people are to help too. Like I'm surprised, um, you know, just outside how how rarely over the last number of decades I get asked. I get asked a lot inside the business. You know, trust me, there are lots and lots of coaching and, and strategic opportunities, and we're really, really clear. You know, come to me, come to me here. You know, and, and typically it takes a while until people feel comfortable. Um, and and one of the things I do is I reach out on a consistent basis, call our top performers so they get more and more comfortable uh, weekly. But but that's just so critical. Um, 
you know, being able to have access and reaching out to have that access so that you can learn and develop and understand, right. And gain the knowledge that you don't have. Right. You yes. know, I think it's so, so key. Um, and what's, what's the learning and development been? How, how have you found that, uh, Jeff? And what have you, what have you seen so that you could, you know, continue learning and development? Cause I know you've been, that's already come up so far uh, in our conversation. I know that's been a huge part of your, uh, your, your personal growth. Yeah, I, I would say there's, Tremendous opportunities for professional development within Salesforce. Mm. Uh, I've been really fortunate uh, being able to focus on a specific industry the last couple of years. So within that, you know, understanding GDPR and, and HIPAA regulations and uh, how do businesses um, successfully navigate that legal framework while not losing sight of, of who their customers are. Um, there's lots and lots of uh, resources at my disposal. Um, there's, there's even so much that it's hard to get through it all. Right. Um, not, I'm sorry. I forgot, I forgot your original question. <laughs> no, well, we're just talking about development and professional development and learning and growth and what you were doing. Uh, so, so again, you know, you're, you're saying that there's, there's a lot there that Salesforce provides and, and really the biggest thing is, is, is just how much can you consume is one of the biggest pieces. Yes. Yeah. So when, when we um, come to boot camp and it's, you know, a, a full week of training that you do when you first start at the company, mm-hmm. uh, the analogy that everybody always says is it's like drinking from a fire hose. And as much as the first two weeks are like that, it really your whole time at the company is like that. So um, it's, it's a question of prioritizing, you know, what do I need to get done right now and, and what can wait a little bit? Um, but you're, you're never stopping learning. Right, right. And it's interesting as well, because obviously, originally you were selling into Canada and now you're selling in the United States. So, again, you've got to understand, again, you referred to HIPAA and something else. Those are American terms about healthcare, and, and it's understanding a completely different different world um, and becoming, again, acclimatize that, something that you're not necessarily comfortable with unless you're... Uh, uh, I guess interest in American politics and healthcare, uh, you know, and which which is pretty rare. Um, <laughs> um, yes. As as a side interest in my early twenties, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a lot of arcane industry terms out there to know and acronyms, um, but if if you can't speak the language of the the person that you're trying to connect with, um, you're not going to have a good relationship. Well, no, that's that's awesome, and and uh, and so so. Um, you know, I, I know, I know. So far, things have gone really well. I, I, I understand you just got back from Hawaii recently from uh, one of the top performer trips, which puts you in the, the top, you know, five percent or so. You were saying five to ten percent of 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 your, you know, uh, your business this past year. So, congratulations, you know, Jeff. What do you see as as you know uh, key or fundamental in terms of, of of why you've been having the success that you've been having at uh, Salesforce? I would say, and, and you know, this is something I did when I was at StudentWorks as well, was you know, not taking anything for granted. Um, mm-hmm. You're given a lot of opportunity with, with a lot of different roles and positions. And, and um, you know, if you, you get your territory, you get your customers, you get your, your patch, as we say it, um, and you've kind of got free reign to make it your own. And as much as you might be having a, a certain amount of success uh, early on in the year, um, you, you can't ever stop pushing for, for more. Um, and at the same time, if, if you're not having success, but you're doing the right things, you, you've got to have faith that things are going to work out. So it makes me think back to um, 
being in Owen Sound in uh, you know January and knocking on doors and trying to tell people about why they should stain their deck this summer. <laughs> um, and you know it might might be thirty doors you knock on before you before you get a positive answer. But right. um, you you put in all that effort, and when the beginning of the year comes, you're way out ahead um, uh, of your coworkers and, and your peers. Um, so I think um, that's one reason I've been able to be successful at Salesforce is by not taking things for granted and by uh, applying myself uh, early on and, and with a consistent high volume of effort throughout the year. No, that's no, well, that's key. I know, I know we, we still share stories about you starting at seven o'clock, Jeff, in the morning. You yep. know, I know typically our, our crew start at, you know, eight, we try to get guys, teams starting at eight. Sometimes people push it off to eight thirty and nine. And so, so the Jeff Hollingsworth story was Jeff would start at seven. Now keep in mind, Jeff actually lived an hour from his territory. That was one of the things is Jeff came in and this, the, the, the other territory was taken from a, by a returning real rock star operator. And so, so he drove an hour. So he'd wake up at 530, he'd drive an hour to get to his territory um, to start or, or, you know, something like that. So a lot Not of times, so, yeah, pretty much. So it's like 530 to start at seven. So, uh, so a real, real commitment, but we we sh- we show how how much of a financial impact that had on you uh, and your business, but also on all your operator uh, and painters in case it it rained and and so they earn more money, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Is, is are there any are there any hacks or, or or strategies that you're using at Salesforce to to you know sort of outperform so that you could be in the top percentile of uh, of your group? That's when I'm not sure for the podcast i'm like okay, okay. Think i'm like yeah okay sorry Chris. No, no, no problem don't worry no i can no talk idea. about student works for sure but okay all f- all f- all fine and and <laughs> um and 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 again just so so our leaders are aware when you're an amazing uh superstar company like um Salesforce, you want to be really, really cautious about what you say and you don't say because because potentially, and this wasn't what I was looking for, but potentially it could impact uh, competitors and, and what what they're saying or hearing. So, but I'm sure one thing that you're doing is you're just, you're working as hard or harder than other people. That's one thing that you're doing. I'm sure you're bringing work home or thinking about work or thinking about strategies that to just do your work better, you know, to serve your clients more. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you would always tell me work-life balance is important, but that, that's one thing I'm, you know, still working on. I've, never <laughs> still. Off. I've got, I've got my AirPods in 24 seven and my phone's always on. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that is definitely something that, uh, I think my, my customers and, and the people I work with really appreciate is that, that level of availability. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it matters, right? It, you know, you, you know, and, and uh, you know, it drives, it drives results is just putting in the extra time, you know, and they say the top performers put in, you know, just by putting an extra 10% of time makes a 40%, uh, you know, impact in terms of success over 40% impact. I remember reading, reading some stats. So, um, so, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, is, is that, you know, so far you've chosen to sort of, uh, you're an entrepreneur, but you're really working in this, you know, enormously, you know, enormous successful corporation. So how do you how do you sort of, you know, see that in 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 sort of, uh, um, you know, having having that choice, you know, really really because I'm sure you're still seeing yourself as really you're running your own patch. You've already talked about that. 
entrepreneur versus, you know, working in a large corporation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and again, reminds me of student works as, as much as I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I, I didn't feel a need to reinvent the wheel. I, I wanted, I wanted, uh, autonomy. I, I wanted opportunity, but, um, you know, I, I didn't want to figure out how to file my own taxes and apply for grants and, right. you know, run a payroll. Like if you can find, um, a company or, um, uh, an opportunity like that, that gives you structure that you can work within. Um, but you know, takes care of what we would call the back office and you can focus on the front of office. Um, I love that. And student works was so instrumental in, in giving me all the tools I needed to be successful. I, I still had to pick up the tools every day. Yeah. I was still up at five 30. I was still making the calls. I was on the road, but you know, I didn't have to worry about again about payroll. I didn't have to worry about, um, painting systems or, or contracts. It was all, it was all taken care of for me. And I think if you try to do all those things from scratch, um, it might stop you from even getting your business off the ground in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and certainly, certainly, uh, you know, the economic opportunity, the learning opportunity and working with a great organization like Salesforce makes a huge, huge impact. It's, it makes it hard to go and think about starting your own business because, you know, it's they're they're making it really, really work for successful people like yourself. Yes, yeah, and the way I look at it is, you know, when things are operating the way they're supposed to operate, you don't even think about it. And you know, Salesforce is just an incredible organization in terms of how they run their back office. Like I, uh, I have customers ask me all the time, you know, okay, now we've you know we've signed up for Salesforce. Um, kind of what's the next step? And I'd say, you know, you're online, you're, you're ready to go. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, I, there, there must be more to it. But there's a whole team within Salesforce that, you know, once once you do your job, you, you pass it off to the next person and, and they take care of all the provisioning and the contracts and the billing. Yeah. Um, and having the faith to know that that's going to operate smoothly in, in the background, um, it makes me feel very comfortable. Absolutely. No, totally get that. So, um, so Jeff, as you went from like a, a teenager, university student to sort of a you know, business owner to full-time world, what have you needed to change about yourself to create the results you're creating? Uh, I, I would say upping the maturity level uh, was important. I think, um, you know, it's, it's not a lot of years, but the, the years that you are in university are, are, are pretty fundamental and to, um, deciding and informing who you're going to be a, a, as an adult for the rest of your life. And, you know, upping that maturity level, um, you know, being a, a critic uh, of yourself uh, consistently um, is going to allow you to have those honest self-reflections about, you know, am, am I doing the right thing? Am I being my best self? Um, I, I had so many ups and downs with student works and um, it, it's, it was often the downs that I, I remember the most because th- those were the biggest learning opportunities. Um, you know, the, the angry customer or the, um, the, the, uh, the painter that you've had a disagreement with, uh, being able to, to talk through uh, those obstacles, get to the same level of understanding as that individual. That took a long time to learn those skills. But, um, you know, like time management, they're skills that you can apply in other areas of your life. And it, it took a lot of maturity for me. Um, is at first, you know, you'd get in an argument with somebody and, and you just want to walk away. You'd, right. you'd want to write off the, the whole engagement and just say, you know what, I'm moving on with my life. But 
Um, I, I had a couple moments uh, with you and with Corey where I'd get on the phone and you'd say, Jeff, like, step back into the room and, and, you know, make it right. And, you know, you might think you're right. You might think they're wrong. But, you know, ultimately, it's, it's all about having a miscommunication with somebody and just not being on the same page. And me being the business owner, it was on me to set expectations properly. And if I didn't do that, I've got an obligation uh, to make it right. So uh, coming back into the room and, um, you know, having those conversations, it was a huge weight lifted off my shoulder afterwards. It was um, tremendous learning opportunity. Um, and, and I slept great at night, right? I, I didn't have to worry about, um, you know, having a, a bad interaction with somebody. And, and that's not to say that you can't fix everything. Right. I think you said this on a previous podcast as well. You know, you can't satisfy everybody and, um, you know, everybody's not going to be your best friend. Um, but if you make the honest effort, if you're, um, um, I think, you know, speaking with integrity and, um, trying to be your best self, um, that's how you're going to be successful in life and in business. Yeah, no, I think that's so, so, so true. And, and again, you know, really tests you. I know you did this just in your first year uh, of, of school. So you really test you early on and then it keeps testing you. But I imagine as well, if you think about those challenges that you had in your first year versus your later years, just how much easier they were. And, and I'm sure you also run into misunderstandings or, or challenging situations. And now again, just your level of confidence in dealing them are just so much greater than they would have been, right? Yes. It's these challenges that actually are, are the real opportunity, right? For personal growth and development, you know? That's at least my, my, my story about it. Like, like what, you know, it's, it's the bad things where I learn the most that, that make the difference, but God, they hurt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can think back to a story where, you know, I had a, a painter do a job and I came back to collect the final payments and the, the person had a handwritten sign on their front porch, um, you know, saying how disappointed they were in student works and how they were going to sue the company and how they felt ripped off. And right. this is not anything what they were promised. And I, I think he just expected me to leave, but I was like, no, you know, you've, I, I want to make sure that you're happy. So, you know, we talked and we talked and, you know, long story short, we were having a beer together at the end of the day and my painter came back and we got everything fixed and, and right. he was happy, but, uh, I was scared. My, my heart was thumping. I was, he <laughs> you know, was, he was a bigger person and, and yeah. I, I thought it wasn't going to be a great interaction, but it was all just a miscommunication and, yeah. um, yeah, really tremendous learning experience to, uh, to talk through that with him. And, um, I think I even had you on the phone with him as well to say, <laughs> you know, I, I want you to know how important this is to me. I've got the president of the company on the phone. Uh, yeah, just yeah. No, it's great. Lots, lots of stories like that. I can tell. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, and again, at that point, it was like, really, I was acting as the district manager and, and all our operators have district managers who, again, in those really, really, you know, tight situations, you know, are there for, for people if necessary, as much as possible. We want our teams to sort of be able to handle it. But sometimes it's, it's like, like you were describing, it's like, I, I, I can't get in. Like they're not, they're, you know, how do we, how do we escalate or how do we, how do we turn the situation around a little bit? So. And you're, you're not alone too, right? I think that's important uh, with this kind of organization is you don't feel, or you shouldn't have to feel like you have to figure out everything on your own. People have done this before. Very good chance, whatever situation you're in, somebody else has run into it. So 
being able to learn from the experience of others uh, without having to fall flat on your face um, is something that you should embrace. Yeah. No. And 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 frankly, again, and you're already doing it. You know, you're, you're continue to do it in your new role is learning from other people's experience. Again, finding a mentor, finding other people. What are you doing? What do you you know? Just learning, learning, learning from other people uh, is just so critical, right? You don't have to figure this world out on your own. God, it's pretty tough. <laughs> just crazy, crazy to think that you, you would, right? You know, it yes. just doesn't make sense. So, so what about you know? Uh, what about you know? And I know it's early on, but any big failures or mistakes uh, you've had, and how'd you learn from those? Failures or mistakes? I think um, you know, and I haven't had the opportunity to hire people since since working at Student Works, but um, one of the lessons I learned. Uh, you know, in my first year running the business was that my actions extended beyond myself. And when you have people working for you, you, you really need to put yourself in the other person's shoes and, and, and be as empathetic as possible because, um, again, things that you do are, are going to affect their life, are going to affect their earnings, them savings for school. Um, so I think that was one of the mistakes I made early in the year was, you know, just focusing on myself, focusing on my own success. Um, I, I had the customers front and center in terms, in terms of their needs as well. But it, I feel like sometimes I, I did let my painters down. And a lot of that came down to not setting expectations properly. Um, because in my second and third year, um, I was able to apply some of those lessons and have much better relationships with the people I was working with. Um, but um, yeah, that, that was a mistake and, and something that uh, I tried to correct for in subsequent years. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, that's 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 wonderful. You know, again, you can you can learn you can learn or you can earn, right? And just just taking advantage of 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 those those opportunities. So um, so if someone wanted to do what you you do, you know, what key habits would they want to steal from you, Jeff? Well, I think first off, you know. Don't ever be afraid to to reach out to somebody that that you admire and that uh, somebody that you want to learn from. Um, you know, we've said this before, but you're you're always going to be surprised how open people are um, to speaking and, and to offering guidance and, and mentorship. Um, so don't ever be afraid to reach out and ask for advice. Um, you're not in it alone. You've got resources. You've got people that care about you. Um, so, so use them. Uh, don't ever be afraid to pick up the phone. Um, and sorry, can you restate the question? J- just uh, what key habits would they want to steal from you, Jeff? Another key habit uh, would be time management um, and how important it is. I know we mentioned you know getting up at seven a.m., but um, just using every hour of your day effectively is so important because you know, un- unlike money or, or other things, you can never get that time back. Um, so, you know, if, if you're getting up early, if you're, uh, prioritizing the things that you need to do early in the day, um, you're going to excel, uh, at running a business. Um, so I would, I would say that's my key habit is time management. And the final one, um, I would say is, you know, not, not listening to the critics too much. Um, you can, um, a lot of times the work that you're putting in isn't going to pay dividends immediately. And, uh, I remember being in, um, in the, uh, one of the Dungy boardrooms uh, at university and, and hearing that first, um, 
overview of the program from Corey McKinnon. And, and I was probably the biggest critic in the room. And I remember saying something to the effect of, you know, this is this some kind of get rich quick scheme? And, and Corey shut me right down and said, this is absolutely not a get rich quick scheme. Like you're going to work very hard in this program. And if that scares you, then, you know, now's the time to leave. So that was something that really attracted me. Uh, but at the same time, you know, knocking on doors in January and February and, and not getting a lot of traction, there was other people in the program that it was their first year and they would tell me, you know, you're wasting your time. You should just wait till the spring. Um, you know, they'd be out late at night or they'd skip uh, weekends to go calling to, to focus on you know, having fun at university. And uh, those were the people that didn't have a great year. They dropped out early. They didn't, um, they didn't make a lot of money. They weren't successful and, and, you know, employing a large number of students uh, in their town. But uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to be a critic and uh, you really have to trust that uh, if you're doing the right things, the results are going to come in time. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. And I think, I think, you, you know, it's, it's being a critic, I think standing on your own and doing your own research and being firm and, and whatever decision need, you know, sometimes as an employer, again, sometimes you're going to face some, some detractors from your staff and situations and you need to talk it out, but, but sometimes you need to go, no, I've listened, this is the right thing or, you know, uh, whatever it is. And, and uh, I love your comments about time management, Jeff, because it's a lot of times people think, oh, wow, like what, what, what does it take actually to get up at 530 in the morning? Well, the biggest thing is actually getting to bed reasonably early. That's one of the biggest things, you know, so it takes time management and organization and a commitment to go and do that. Just because, because again, if I'm going to do it with no sleep, well, that's not going to work. I'm eventually going to be exhausted and break down. So that just, yeah. that's just not going to, that's just not going to work. I never had any uh, trouble falling to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Working hard, falling asleep. I didn't need any sleep needs. Uh, <laughs> it, it brought to mind a, another lesson as well. I, I learned from student works and that was uh, higher slow and, and fire fast. Mm-hmm. So I think that brings me back to, to one of those mistakes that I made early on is, you know, if I was hiring somebody that wasn't a right fit for the role, it wasn't only a disservice to myself, but it was a disservice to them because it meant that, you know, I should have known early on it wasn't going to work out. So by the time that we did part ways, they were, you know, 25% of the way through their summer. And now all of a sudden they're going to have trouble finding another job. But, you know, taking a chance on somebody that you're not 100% sure of in that kind of situation, it's not in their best interest. You're better off to find somebody that is 100% right for the role, fully vet them. Same thing with Corey McKinnon's lessons about picking a tenant, like find the right person for the position and, um, and they, and they won't let you down. Um, but if you don't do that work up front, um, you're not going to have a positive experience. They're not going to have a positive experience and it's going to make that breakup very difficult when, when it does inevitably come. When it happens. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, again, you know, just getting in front of it around working hard is so key, you know, and again, recruiting, obviously finding great people is so critical. So, um, so, you know, Jeff, final question, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? You know, I'd say some of those uh, key skills that I mentioned earlier, like time management and um, character traits, like integrity and empathy. Um, but the biggest one is, is a willingness to learn and to grow. And I, I think it was actually one of the questions on my questionnaire when I first started, because we did uh, a personality test. And one of them was, you know, do you have any mentors in your life? Do you have, do you have coaches that you work with? Do you have people that you look up to? Because um, I think that 
openness to to changing yourself and and to learning from the success and the failures of others uh, is is what is going to allow you to do, embody those uh, skill sets and those character traits in the future. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jeff, again, thank you so much for coming on to uh, the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast and helping our young leaders and, and uh, uh, have a fantastic day. Thanks. You too, Chris. Hey, leaders, we have more great content for you coming up that I know you will love. So if you are listening and you have not done so already, make sure you subscribe to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. And if you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed. Better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering key habits and insights that can assist them in having super powerful careers.